Reporting is eligible is proudly supported by Appleton Coffee Company, a small local roaster in Appleton, Wisconsin. They provide coffee around the world. The Packerland Breakfast Blend will be going on sale to be $12 a bag. While you're there, how about you pick up a Reporting is Eligible t-shirt or sweatshirt? And make sure you use RAE at checkout to save yourself some money. Again, that's RAE at checkout. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 3 of season 3 of Reporting is Eligible. Um, we are coming up to the last preseason game against the Buffalo Bills. We saw absolutely nobody play, almost absolutely nobody, against the Jets last week and learned absolutely nothing about anybody, um, which is kind of how the preseason <laughs> works now. Um, I think it was Josh Hermsmeyer had a, a chart up on Twitter about how many starters play in the preseason now, like over the last 20 years, and it's basically... If you play in the last preseason game now, you're basically not making the team. Well, you're not starting anyway. So um, nobody's risking anybody, and it's kind of boring, but eh, whatever. At least Zach Wilson looked interesting. Anyway, we got uh, our third preseason game. We got a full boat. We, we're not holding anybody out for injuries. So in uh, in suburban Wauwatosa, getting very mad at the Brewers, we have. Hey, I'm J.R. Radcliffe, training sports reporter. For the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, lots of uh, yes, lots of Brewers uh, as we speak. It's it's not going great against the Cincinnati Reds, but we I've seen these podcasts before where the game devolves or evolves. So maybe maybe this is the night where <laughs> by the end of this, it will have been a completely different you know completely different outcome. Yeah, maybe. Last time this happened, we uh, were I was doing the baseball podcast. We were watching Adrian Hauser have a no hitter, and I told everybody to tune into it to lost. watch it, and immediately it turned around. So maybe we can pull the opposite yep. here. So yes, they the, should uh, the take inverse. Corbin Let's Burns out right now because he has no control. So, <laughs> well, they just got through the sixth. They're probably right. going to take him out for the seventh. Okay, that's good. Good times. All right, uh, and, and uh, making his season three debut uh, over in Colorado, we have. Hey, what's happening, everybody? My name is Matt. But you can call me Matub, and I'm a little upset. I thought Paul was gonna like do the bit where like we just ignore that I'm here for a while. Uh, it's preseason for all of us. Pre- yeah, we're we're in training, and you know we gotta. <laughs> We got to get the banter down. We got to develop better banter so that we can actually make it go for a while without being boring. Because so the shtick's only good quick. if we talk over you in some Fair interesting enough. way for a long time. If it's just talking. But the about, key is, oh. yeah. I mean, you're saying it. The key is it can't get boring. Because yeah. if it gets boring, then it's just like bit for bit's sake. Right. It has to be engaging. Yes. So Fair that enough. people actually forget that there is a matub. Right. That's the so point. I, I will say, uh, shout out to the Discord. I made sure to post sometime, I believe it was Wednesday afternoon last week. And I'm Matt, but you can call me Matt. <laughs> and J- Jonathan Deal was like, whoa, new record. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> Good work. Also, I got to get the Discord back on my computer, which it is not right now. So you can, use, you can use Discord in a browser. To everyone who's been telling me that they're afraid to get in the Discord because they don't want to download the app, use it in the browser. It works just fine. Okay. That's how I use it. Oh. If I ever use it. I'll try that. Browser. I've always had it on the app. I've never done it through the browser, so I'll just do that. Cool. 
Anyway, Discord questions back next week. Couldn't get to them this week because I didn't know that. So uh, <laughs> we also have like a thousand Twitter questions. So sorry, Discord. Yeah, that, we would have to cut some anyway. The Discord questions. I mean, some of them are great. I would say you have the highest highest uh, ceiling and the lowest floor in the Discord. Um, sometimes they're barely <laughs> sometimes they're barely English, but sometimes they're just philosophical genius points. So you know, either way. Um, all right, so. I don't even know where to... St- we had this preseason game where nothing really happened. we got a few things we can talk about, but I guess we can start with some recent news because Packer things have happened. For, they traded Kadar Holman, who I like, to the Texans for a seventh-round pick, which is nothing. Um, so this kind of completes the trade with the Texans where we get Randall Cobb and uh, a seventh, and they get Kadar Holman in a sixth. And th- this means that uh, uh, the corners... The corners um, position is looking much more set than it was before there's much less of a competition there which is honestly kind of a bummer I, I one of the reasons i like kadar holman other than he's super athletic he's a high raz guy and we always love those guys here and he actually in a, in a small sample size had very good efficiency statistics last year very i mean not worth anything but you know it's better to play in a short stint and not suck than suck and all the rest of the guys on the team kind of suck so um, he was good there. He's also the only one who was good in run defense. So like everybody who's going to start on that side, Kevin King, you've seen him play run defense. It's it's not pretty. And the big knock on Eric Stokes out of college was that he was a terrible run defender. And Kbion Ento is also not a good run defender. So, um, so th- there's that. Anyway, I, I miss Kadar Holman. I wish he was still on the team. <laughs> but what are you going to do? Um, Matt went on mute, so I, I was. Yeah, I, I, sorry. There was my children were making <laughs> ah. noise in the vicinity. Um, you know what? I I do love high raz guys, especially on uh, as corners. I, Not your cup of tea. So I, I love I loved Holman in his small sample size, as you said. I, I do, however, like looking at the trade as if they traded Kadar Holman specifically just for Randall Cobb because six round and seven round picks yeah, don't yeah. super enough. matter a ton. They don't. And so if you look at the trade as they traded Holman for Cobb, that's a good trade. It is. It's a good trade. I'm with that. I'm with you on that. Um, but <laughs> but they, no, I'm but they already I'm not happy that but they already had sorry. Randall Cobb. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they didn't have to give him for him. So fair enough. I uh I don't like that Kevin King thinks that he is going to be CB2 automatically. <laughs> don't I don't like that Stokes is even giving that opportunity to enter his head. The whole that yeah, So that's sort of the, the the news today is Kevin King talking about the NFC Championship game for the first time and you, what strikes me about it is that it seems like a lot of the guys who cover the team do think Kevin King is 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 a good asset to have. And I know that that's not the position of this podcast. Um, and, and, you know, not really my position either. Like, I think the injuries are an issue in that they have sapped what ability he has. You know, I feel like that's pretty similar to how you guys feel. Yeah. But it, but but there does seem to be a general consensus that he is good to okay to have around at least as a placeholder you know worst case scenario placeholder until eric stokes is fully fully up to speed well, the, the problem fun. that you run into is corner is one of those things where if the quarterback is good they're going to find the one bad corner and you need three good ones and king is just going to repeatedly be that bad corner i mean they're playing against heinous Jameis, so like 
week one, I don't care who's playing corner. There's going to be at least one pick. <laughs> <laughs> but he went, was it with Bruce Arians? He went 40 and 40. Was that his, his stat line? 40, 40 touchdowns, 40 picks. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Jameis is, yeah, we'll get to Jameis later on when we're going to play them. But he is at least an upside guy. So there's that. But my problem with Kevin King it, more recently, especially, is he's not a good fit for what they should be running on defense. Uh, he is a man corner playing in a primarily zone system. And that's the the weirdest thing about the, them bringing him back is that they don't seem to care or notice. And uh, it's a problem with Stokes, too, who was at least a better um, zone corner in college than King is. But he's also kind of a man guy. He's a bigger press-type corner and sort of similar stylistically. Uh, a lot a lot like Kevin King was when he was coming out of college. So, um, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I hope they're okay. If King's completely healthy, he can be fine. But uh, if nobody beats him out, that's really bad because it means that, A, you don't have anybody better than him, and, B, your depth isn't good either. <laughs> so, all bad. So we, we can shoehorn this into jumping down the rundown a bit, talk right. about the defense. So, you, you talk about schematic fits. We don't know the scheme yet. Like, it's Joe Barry <laughs> pre- pretending to be Vic Fangio. Also right? true. Yeah. I mean, you can't tell anything from preseason. They run vanilla as all get out. and um, But even even with their vanilla scheme, the defense looked lost as shit. Yeah. It, it looked lost, but it's also a bunch of guys who won't be there to be lost in the future. Yeah, <laughs> but when, when the person on the field who's displaying the most football IQ is Oren Burks, you have a goddamn problem. What, one of the weirdest things to ever happen, by the way, the surprise of the preseason is Oren Burks being halfway competent on defense. <laughs> like, I, I, I've been saying this for two years now that, like, Big, strong, and fast is always a good place to yeah. be, especially on special teams. And like you know, if if Oren Burks ever fixes it between the ears, like he's gonna be a monster. And then like he kind of looks like he knows what maybe, he's doing. Now. Maybe nobody else does, but he does. It's good. <laughs> I'll take it. And you have then you also have Kamal Martin, a guy who's very physically gifted, who somehow went from you know a draft pick who was playing very well last year to yeah. like cut from the team. So maybe, maybe there's some like inverse energy going on there because if you had told me at this time last year, Kamal Martin won't be on the team, but Oren Burks will be, uh, that would be, that'd be pretty trippy. I don't know if anybody could have seen that coming. Yeah. The Kamal Martin thing is really weird. He, he was definitely their highest graded inside off ball linebacker last year. And he was hurt a lot. He missed a lot of the season. He didn't play a ton and they never seemed particularly happy with him, even though he was grading out pretty well by PFF and SIS. So, um, it was, it was weird to see a the monkey around with his position because he was never going to be an off an, an outside linebacker, which is where they were trying him for some reason, and it's just a doghouse sign instantly. So um, I, I think that they may th- this may be the biggest Joe Barry thing is they definitely have a different idea at inside linebacker. It might be the, the one gap preference versus two gap. There's less thinking there than than there maybe previously was, even if they're not showing it right right now, but. Chris Barnes being lighter and faster does seem to be working when it's when it's out there. And he was he was dynamite on the first drive of the Jets game when they were still running something resembling a real NFL defense. And that's kind of what Burks can do, like point him at a hole and tell him to go and that he can handle that. That's fine. So maybe that's what we're seeing. And maybe Martin was just more of a, a thinking man's off ball linebacker and not a good fit here. So. And that's what a lot of people credited Blake Martinez amazing statistical season to yep. is, is he was just reading his amazing defensive line and going after the open gap. 
if if that's what the plan is to do with Burks and that dude's a missile, like I'm fine with it. Yeah, I, 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 if it works, it works. I'm totally fine with it. And maybe maybe this is what everybody means when they say uh, off ball linebacker doesn't matter. Like maybe Mike Patton's big problem was that he made it matter. <laughs> when if you just make it simple and put some athletes there, that it just works. Um, you know that th- that might be the point. I mean. Uh, we were all skeptical of Blake Martinez's very, very good grades last year for the Giants, but maybe it is that simple. Like he's a good athlete, and you put him in a simpler system, and he starts to play a lot better. So, hopefully, that is what works out. I mean, the re- well, okay. The the thing that I don't get though is he has pretty good coverage grades. He does now. have good coverage grades. It's very odd. Yeah, I don't know what to and tell it, you. I don't know. Maybe it's just because like the rest of the Giants are bad, and like he's okay. Yeah. Uh, that that could I, I I don't know um, maybe like, it is that like he's he's not going to get targeted if all three of their corners are bad yeah like you're right you're right to sort of marry the conversation about the third preseason game being a lot of names people are not going to know and the fact that this depth chart is populated with on defense with a lot of names that people are not going to know uh, who are the guys that you're watching like the. It, it seems, I mean, most of the starters we can name right now, but that's not the issue. You've got yeah. a lot of guys in the secondary, you know, with, with Holman and Josh Jackson gone, guys like Henry Black and, and Ento, like you said, in his gains, Christian Upoff, <laughs> Christian like Upoff. we're still learning. Yeah. Uh, yeah one Christian of the, Upoff might make the team, One right? of the only like, good special possible. teams players. I think he maybe will make the team just for that reason. Right. And, and then, you know, you got Tipa, you know, on the linebacker crew. and yeah. yeah. Like Jonathan Garvin is a draft pick, but still kind of learning maybe what he's capable of. Jack Heflin is kind of the big story. One of the, the feel good stories in camp, you know, up front. Did you, did you guys see the, the draftism about Jack Heflin? Oh no. What was it? One of one, it was like a former coach or a scout or something called him a garbage can full of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that good? I think so. <laughs> I think it's, it's in the, it's in the bag of donuts category of praise. I believe it was like he's he's like you can't move him. Yeah, like he's he was difficult to work with. <laughs> that is that is Physically. a very specific reference to something that that coach had been like working on in his yard that day yep. or something. Like, oh, I got to move this garbage can full of dirt. That's that reminds me of Jack Heflin. One thing they do have this year that they haven't previously is a lot of seemingly good run stoppers on the defensive line. Like a a lot of big bags of dirt seem to be making their presences <laughs> felt here. So. um I don't know, Which you... is why I was surprised Josh Avery got cut. Well, I, I I was surprised again. Another RAS superstar, by the way. It, Josh is an amazing athlete, but he is. Um, I I get the sense they are going for size there, and he's huge. But a lot of the guys in front of him are uh, extra huge, <laughs> or Kingsley Kike, who I don't think was ever gonna not make the team. Okay, it's. I thought it was Kiki. Oh, is it not, is it not Kiki? Is it Kiki? I don't. I, I've always like okay. So this podcast is just going to be how do we pronounce things? I should it's actually any a. I Nama need to Kinsu. watch. I need to watch one game not on mute at some point just so I say names correctly. Uh, well, because I've been calling him Kiki because I make Drake references. You know the song in my feelings. Oh yeah, Kiki, okay. Them. Um, and I think that's what he was announced as in the draft. No, okay. now you got me doubting myself. You're probably right. But, I'm probably wrong. I'm always wrong. I just, have always called him Kiki if we're looking Kiki. for a tiebreaker. Yeah, always. And, I mean, TJ Slayton is just a whole ass dude. He is so <laughs> big. He, uh, I, I'm actually a little excited about. Not that I can tell defensive line play for anything, but 
Uh, he he looks like the nose tackle I want. He is shades of Grady Jackson and um, uh, wh- what other giant people have they had? Colin like, Gilbert Brown, Gilbert. Not a nose tackle, but um, so my my favorite T.J. Slayton thing is every single not reporter who is at camp has a tweet about how huge that dude is. <laughs> <laughs> like people are like, look, T.J. Slayton is standing next to Danny Kelly. Yep. God damn, that that's dude what is it big. is. <laughs> yeah, if you if you love huge guys, he is your guy. Um, so one th- one he thing is every bit of three thirty. Yeah, one thing that I do find striking about this camp is I feel like a lot of the lower guys in UDFA's are showing up, and some of the draft picks are doing are, are less so. So uh, yeah. that is, I think, also an uh, offensive line kind of seems to be going that way a little bit with a couple guys, um, and uh, I think one of the reasons um, that uh, they let Kamal Martin go is that a lot of the linebackers who were just guys were outplaying him. So um, I think they're getting good effort from from the down ballot part of camp, but still not sure a lot of those guys are going to make the team. But uh, I don't know. The, the, the guy I'm, of course, watching is Kylan Hill because he's my guy. I predicted he would be super awesome. Uh, I, like I said, I think I thought he was the third best running back in the draft, and they got him in the seventh round. And he looks awesome. And uh, tw- tweeted out at some point in the last couple of weeks that um, you know, I, I think Aaron Jones is great. I've always thought he's great. And I think A.J. Dillon's probably pretty good, too. But don't be surprised if Kylan Hill ends up being the best one of them in, in the not-too-distant future. Wow. He's the best pass catcher of them, and he he runs with power and speed. So um, he he is the most versatile guy there. And if you're looking for a preseason star, he's like the only choice. He really is. There's There's nobody else. There's a few other names. Yeah. Malik Taylor, maybe. But yeah. Before we move too far from this, I just saw this quote from Matt LaFleur. Kevin King's value in the building is much higher than the public perception. Mm-hmm. Well, fine. If you're a good character guy, that's fine. But you also have to cover receivers, so you know, <laughs> you know, like that's part of the job too. But yeah, okay. So the rookie class, um, the Packers drafted uh, John Runyon the second. <laughs> um, Colvin, what's his name from Wisconsin? Colvin Lannon. Colvin Lannon is uh, athletically and body type the exact same person as John Runyon. The like. Like their their arms are within an eighth of an inch of each other. They have a type. They're, like <laughs> they they are um, T Rex armed tackles. Mm-hmm. I guess is how I would put it. Yeah. Speaking I, of offensive line, by the way, I, I'm sure we'll get to that. But that's that's an interesting can of worms right now. It really is. Um, it, I feel like everybody is impressed, and um, like uh, the story of camp for a while was Royce Newman, who appears mm-hmm. to be quite good. Um, but it's, I think as of now, it's still third on the depth chart, um, which uh, they seem to just be shuffling around guards like willy-nilly to try and figure out what's going to work best there. And I, I, I think it's that's going to be the open question until the season actually starts. I, I think it, 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 Lucas Patrick, I think um, I said, I think he is a possibility of getting cut later on. Um, much of APC point out he could play center, so maybe not. But like... Ben Braden, been pretty good. Um, Royce Newman, been pretty good. John Runyon, hasn't always, like, we, we all thought he might turn into something good with, you know, um, sp- showing some splash plays last year. Has been okay, not bad, but um, I think that that is a completely open competition at this point after Elton Jenkins. And- so, uh, kind of the kiss of death here. I got to squeeze in a Madden reference. Oh, Sorry. goodness. Uh, it's okay, been so a while, so new, go for it. N- new season means new Madden. Uh, Madden Ultimate Team is my game play of choice. It's like playing with trading cards, right? 
And uh, the last couple of years, I've been making Packers theme teams because you get a speed boost. And currently, the best Packers offensive line is that you can build right now is David Bakhtiari, um, uh, Elton Jenkins, Corey Lindsley, uh, Lucas Patrick, and Brian Balaga. Okay. That's the best Packers offensive line you can build. Lucas Patrick has an 84 overall rising star card. Really? Lucas Patrick? <laughs> And an 84 overall currently at this point in the game is really good. Um, the two rising star cards for the Packers are Lucas Patrick and uh, Darnell Savage. Huh. And Darnell Savage is the second fastest safety in the game right now. So um, Savage, good card. Lucas Patrick All will right. probably be cut and EA will look stupid. Yep. <laughs> Before I say it, how do we say Yosha's last name? I've been I've been saying Nijman, but I, I, I'm pretty oh, sure it's no, I thought I it was Nyman, so. but I, I wasn't 100 percent sure. So that's how like Tom Silverstein and Ryan Wood and Olivia Reiner on the Packers podcast refer to him. So I'm gonna I, I would they, guess that's they pretty probably much it. know. So okay, well they've been calling him Tanyan for the last freaking. Oh, that's oh, yeah, true. That's... We don't we don't know for sure. We, we don't know for sure on anybody's name. I mean, I, I again, I would like to just publicly state I refuse to call him Tunyon because it doesn't rhyme. It's his with, name? No, it doesn't rhyme with Bob, so I'm not doing it. <laughs> I, I Let's see. Nyman, yeah, Nyman is uh, is the the spelling yeah. pronunciation that we get from Packers.com. See, I just looking through the people on the depth chart with R's next to their names. Um, there's a few of those. Yep. Yeah, there's there's quite a there's bit. There's a lot. I mean, Josh, Josh Myers is someone who I feel like we haven't heard a ton about, but that's a good thing. Well, it's a yeah. good thing. Yeah, they're not playing him because they know he's going to start. They clearly were impressed enough that they they feel like they don't need to look at him. He's just going to be the center. <laughs> so Yeah, so- and it, it strikes me, going back to the, the Packers podcast, the concern is, I think with Royce Newman, is having two rookies side by side. Yeah. Like, I think uh, Josh Myers looks looks like the real deal, and that's cool. He'll be He'll be the starting center. Until uh, you know, maybe things get moved around. Bakhtiari comes back, although I doubt Elton Jenkins goes to center at that point. Um, but do you really want two rookies there together? Like at least Lucas Patrick. You know, it's all about coordination on the offensive line, and and Aaron Rodgers is going to be under center for the first time in live game action in Week One. Do you want two rookies up there up front trying to keep the franchise healthy? You know, and <laughs> you'll already have Jenkins out of position. You'll probably have, uh, I guess, maybe not Billy Turner, but everything is already moving around, moving yeah. parts because of the Bakhtiari injury. I think that's ultimately that's why I think they'll end up with Lucas Patrick just to have some continuity up there. Even if I acknowledge there's probably two guys more talented than him that will eventually move ahead of him on the depth chart. But they also um, do go with um the known quantity with some regularity not all the time but i mean that's why kevin king is here I yeah mean, so um there's there's definitely something to that and it's not like lucas patrick is bad it's it's actually just no, been right. an impressive crew behind him so you're probably right that he sticks around um but uh, uh he has more competition than i think anybody expected at uh in, in on the inside positions so we haven't even mentioned like Ben Braden, who's been playing with the ones at points yep, throughout. He camp. has Dennis Kelly, who I think if he hadn't gotten hurt, would have been a serious contender to start on week one. And Jake Hansen, you know, like they've got a lot of guys. And <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't and know if Hansen makes the team, but he might. Jake he Dolagala. <laughs> yes. Jake Dolagala not, not going to be playing on the offensive line, but, uh, but yes. He has a better chance of making it on the offensive line than he does at any other position. <laughs> Even he knows that. The dude, the dude was asked to leave, and then they brought him back. Like, I'm sure they were like, dude, just because well, he clear. Was, he was just a Patriot for us. like, wasn't he a Patriot for like 10 minutes? Something, Something like, like that. that. 
Like he people li- say, like a cup like- of coffee. J- Jake Dolagala is what would happen if uh, Andy Dalton and Mike Glennon had a kid. Oh my gosh, <laughs> uh, that's terrible. All right, he, that's, we- look look at a picture. Yeah, of him. Uh, <laughs> the neck. Um, should should we should we give our minor preseason props to Kurt Benkert, who okay, has I, a phenomenal name and is better than Tim Boyle? But that's my me too. My hot take for the preseason is that Kurt gets traded. I, oh, that's interesting. I, I I like your take, but I I just don't know that any like nobody's going to trade you anything worthwhile off of the very small sample size of Kurt Benkert. I think um, the fact that the Lions stuff. signed Tim Boyle and Benkert is significantly better than Boyle ever was. You can just wait for the Packers to cut him though. That's the thing. Like Boyle himself might get cut if you want it, Tim Boyle types. <laughs> they're not so they're they're not gonna keep Kurt Benker. They're they're tight on on positions. They're not keeping three quarterbacks and they're not cutting Jordan Love. So uh, you could just wait for the Packers to cut him. You don't have to do any fancy business in I mean you can always you but can I, always call a stupid team. And you should obviously always call a stupid team. But what but, I'm saying is I think he's I think he's good enough to where someone wouldn't want to risk the waiver. That okay, like that's fair. Be like, be like, hey, like we'll give you a conditional seventh for banker. That's okay. That's fair enough. Fair enough. That, that that is a distinct possibility. I'm with you on that. Remember, Checks kids, out. I'm not a moron. I'm just regular. But, by the way, t- Tyler Huntley is now the backup in Baltimore, so uh, it's it's happening, people. It's going to happen. Wait, what 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 happened to uh, um, Trace McSorley? He's been playing ahead of him. So what? <laughs> But Trace McSorley has all the memes and that good that song. There's that song about him. It's a good song. <laughs> what a shock that Matub's talent evaluation requires memes being part of the uh, part of the. Hey rubric. man, he went to the um the the kid touching school. What is it? Penn With State. Pa? He went yeah. to Penn State. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But t- Penn Tyler... State quarterbacks are Penn State's quarterbacks are good, right? <laughs> no. Tyler Huntley's second on the depth chart there. So. We've been we have been a big Tyler Huntley fans since he was Kebops identified him as somebody to watch and he got screwed out of not going to the combine and uh, he looks like he's going to end up being Lamar Jackson's backup and you know that can make you a starter pretty quickly so I yeah I can't believe that Tyler Huntley was an undrafted free agent that just blows my mind Packers should have signed him wouldn't be in this this problem right now <laughs> imagine imagine giving up on luck in 2020 <laughs> for an undrafted free agent. Let's like see. Packers social media f- would burn to the ground. <laughs> Did you say luck? Did you mean love or Aaron? I meant love. Sorry. Okay. I, I, luck. Yeah, give up on give luck. Up, giving up on Aaron would have been love. really a story. So, um, All right. They got the Bills so, next week. Real, really quick, I did want to mention that Cole Beasley is currently um, – he, he was exposed to someone with COVID <laughs> – so he is. He was one of the coaches. He was one of the coaches. Yeah. So he's currently not with the Bills, who is our, our next opponent. So, uh, just wanted to just wanted to mention we are in the play stupid games, win stupid prizes part of the the pandemic, and Cole Beasley has played the most stupid games of anybody. So the it seems to me the biggest concern. Well, there's many concerns, I guess, but special teams is taking a hit, man. <laughs> Will Redman out for the year. Randy Ramsey out for the year. They got a new coach. No, a bunch if, of dudes no one's no no one's heard of and if oren burks is going to be starting the already bad special teams uh, oh, it's so bad there's your third key special teamer who's not back they have a punter who might put it in the seats on occasion dude it's not good it's be not awful. good i love how 
I love how watching the game, you see three good J.K. Scott punts in a row, and then I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe J.K. Scott's not so mm-hmm. bad. And then he shakes one 15 yards. It's like, God damn it. It's a reminder. Yep. It's like, it's like, yeah, maybe my kid is maturing, but then he'll he'll remind you always. Yep. Playing Russian roulette with Draco Malfoy. Justice also pointed out in APC Slack they've been because they have so many receivers they've been using them as as gunners and uh, as gunner blockers and receivers just aren't as good at that as as defensive players are who are used unless, to popping unless people. if you're Jeff Janice uh, well RIP RIP Jeff Janice uh, barely a receiver so I, I think <laughs> the point holds is Jeff Janice your Andy Schaff have you been getting Janice references on every one of these episodes. I, have I? I don't know. A I, lot. I, I, you mentioned I Jeff so, Janis a lot. They've been sneaking up on me, maybe. So okay. Um, the other day, uh, Kent, Kent from the guy who invented RAS, Kentley Platt. Uh, I, I I I always say plot, and I feel bad. Uh, so Kentley Platt, uh, the other day was like, "Hey, I'm bored. Who wants to do some comparison races?" And I was like, "How about you run Eric Stokes versus Jeff Janis as a corner?" <laughs> 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 Jeff Janis as a corner. 9.96, right? <laughs> Eric Stokes had a bad shuttle, which is, you know, not great. Which is not, like, like that's not what you want out of a it's corner. Not, it's not what you want. You, you, don't want your corner, you want your corner to be able to change directions. This isn't DK Metcalf. He's not just going to run in a straight line. Um, it's What is your feeling on Stokes? Because, honestly, he might be one of the, in my mind, one of the more telling like as he goes right now, I think if the Packers have him as a quality cornerback, I think they're going to be really good on defense. Yeah, me too. And if he's not available, <laughs> it's bad news. So like, what what is your read on it? Like your gut instinct? You went from the 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 maybe the worst player in camp early to okay, it's it's, it's going to be okay. You might where, be where okay. Where are you guys at? I did not like that pick. Uh, I I thought he is a bad fit for this for the defense they were likely to run. That's not that. Like I don't know what Joe Barry's scheme is from anything. I think he's a bad fit opposite Jair Alexander. I think that. If you have a cornerback like um, Stokes or King with Jair, you have to mix. You, you have to compromise on something. You either are having Jair play um, a, a man style that he's not best at. He's still good because he's Jair, but or you're making Kevin King play his own where he sucks something awful. And same with Stokes. It's it. He's going to be playing a, a, a system, a style that's going to co- be compromised to, to make Jair as good as he can be, where he's not as good. And I think you could have done better by trading up and grabbing some more talented guys um or or just drafting just asante samuel drafting instead asante samuel instead would have been fine but <laughs> it was a weird fit and they went for a straight line athlete which it's it i mean you don't want ladarius gunter out there it's good better to have speed than not have it but um it's it's an odd choice and you know they're smart they maybe know something i don't but i'm not when he struggled early it played into my my preset biases against him and you know, unless he comes around, I, I just don't know how that's going to go. <laughs> um, I'm glad he's gotten no. better, but I hope he what beats happened, out Kevin King. What happened was when it got to their pick, Goody went full like Vietnam flashback and just saw Scotty Miller running by Kevin King and was like, oh, God, I got to get the fast guy. <laughs> you know what, though? In the in the aftermath of the air, that's the day Aaron Rodgers decides he's not. Well, not that he decides, but Adam Schefter reports he's not coming back. Yep. And then the first draft pick after that is a. I won't say questionable because Eric Stokes had a lot of people thought he was going to be a top two round pick, certainly, but uh, takes a cornerback other side of the ball. And it's not even necessarily the guy you want. Yep. Um, man, that's, uh, that's tough. That means, that means Goody buff. really loved that guy. It is. It is. And um, also uh, Shamar John Charles is not exactly tearing up the depth chart either. 
And right. they can't afford to blow another draft of cornerbacks. And not saying either well, is going to be terrible, but it'd be nice to see one of them actually show something special out there. We all knew that his athleticism was going to be question mark. Yep. That he's he's not fast. He was an instant corner. He was and he's small, like, very small. He he's like the nickel Ladarius Gunter. Yeah. Like, um, he was tearing it up at App State, but who the hell are you playing against at App State? <laughs> But it's it's not great. I mean, it was a it's the weakness they needed to fix, and it's still a question mark. We're gonna learn so much in Week One against the Saints. Like, there's just <laughs> so little to learn from though? these games. Because I mean, we're gonna yeah, I we're, think, gonna learn, we're gonna see like the vast majority of the roster for the first time. We are, and if it's Jameis Winston, it's gonna be a good test for that secondary because he gives you everything. Like he challenges you, he goes after people. He has uh, he has a good arm, and he you know he's also himself. He throws tons of picks and makes weird decisions that you can capitalize on if you're in halfway decent spot. Yeah, well, what happens if Slant Boy isn't back yet? He won't. I don't think he will be, but he, it doesn't right. matter. Like, no, I mean, Jameis is still going to chuck it to anybody who's out there. So, <laughs> good times. That game's going to be super fun. <sighs> Are we ready for questions already? We might be ready for questions already. Any, Let's anything? see. We, we talked. Oh, we didn't talk about Malik Taylor. Malik Taylor went from uh, literally a bad thing to have on the field to pretty okay. Pretty okay. Well, I, I still think he's not going to make the team because they have a billion receivers and he he. Lit who's going to play special teams? Is Reggie it? Beagleton. <laughs> he's not going to make it either. He's so big. He's 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 very big. Yes. I just also I I need to continue making Jake from State Farm jokes, so he needs to make the team. <laughs> Malik Taylor did a nice job tearing up a bad fourth string defense, which is good. But uh, you know, he's you know, still is, just a is guy. Is Malik Taylor this year's quad A player? Yes, he is. But hang around if you can, so that's good. But I said I said a baseball thing. Nice you work. Guys. I appreciate that's it. That's great. It was good. Bagleton's kind of a quad A player too. They're both. He's the guy, the extra guy that can call up when they have double headers. Yep. You know, Taylor, they'll shuttle him right back to to AAA after. Yeah. When the whole receiver room goes under with COVID this year, that's who'll. It'll, it'll be the Malik Taylor yeah. show. So you're uh, saying we're going to sign Cole Beasley? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like the Packers lack for guys who aren't vaccinated. They they have plenty. It's a matter of time. Yes. All right. I think we're probably ready for questions. Play the Bills Let's this week. Do it. But it's hard to preview the Bills because, again, nobody worth a damn will be playing anything. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll have plenty, I'm sure, comparing Jordan Love and Josh Allen because it's the only hope you have. But let's do let's well, do questions. Hang on. What there there is something to preview on the Bills. What is that? Likely who the starter for the Bills is going to be. <laughs> is it Trubisky? Yes. Okay. Oh, well, fine. Uh, so it'll be Trubisky. That's fun, I guess. Uh, but it'll be playing against our backups. Backups. So he he should look great. We'll see. Mitch will so, Mitch will get his his pointless revenge against us. But here's the thing. Currently, their entire wide receiver depth chart is listed as either out or questionable. Yeah. It's looking like Jake Kumaro will be wide receiver one. <laughs> okay, this game's so, awesome now. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> so, okay, so Stefan Diggs, questionable. Gabriel Davis, questionable. Emmanuel Sanders, questionable. Isaiah McKenzie, questionable. Cole Beasley, out. Yeah. Isaiah Hodgkins, questionable. Marquez Stevenson, questionable. The only not like... Within the first nine wide receivers, the only one without a letter next to him is Jake, Jake Kumaro. All right, so uh, maybe maybe it'll make Aaron like super sad to see Jake Kumaro out there for another team and catching uh, passes from Mitch Trubisky. I, I, somebody will ask him a question, so that's fun. 
Hey, how does it compare catching passes for Mitch Trubisky versus Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> Jeez. How many did the Bills many... play? Did the Bills just play the Bears? Trubisky yes, and the Bears? They did, and Trubisky tore it up. Yes, I love it. Preseason matters so little to me that I don't even pay attention when yeah. things like that pop up. I was trying to think about who they played in 2019. If that Raiders game where the field couldn't even come close to telling you who they played or what happened. <laughs> oh, they like cut off half the end zone, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was so, so, dumb. so dumb. All right. Patreon questions. We start with PJ Wessels. He's got two questions. Vessels. One week. Vessels. PJ Vessels. Because I, I, I love the German pronunciation of that. Uh, one of the questions we sort of answered in the, is the preseason schedule of Houston, the Jets, and Buffalo actually okay? Because Buffalo will maybe be a good measuring stick for the starters if they play, or does it not matter who you play in the preseason? We don't think the starters are going to play. Yeah, I mean, we already we already went I over think, that yeah. in detail. Yeah, we did. I, I just think the preseason just doesn't matter anymore for telling anything about the starters or or significant right. backups. Just just doesn't doesn't matter who you play. PJ also says though new uniforms. Share your thoughts on the fifties all greens. What do you guys think? I think they're awesome. They look great. Um, they're a little Oregon-y, uh, but uh, I, I think they are. You could do it so much worse than everybody does. So I, or I wouldn't think they're, it be, they're Would it be Oregon-y or Oregonistic? Uh, oh, that's a very good question. This is What this about is like a... Oregonian, like the newspaper? <laughs> <laughs> I think Oregonian might work. I like that word. I, I do like Pro. organic. <laughs> <laughs> that's not it. Uh, I also like them. I prefer the Acme Packing Company synergy there uh i prefer those uh uniforms quite a bit the blues so, yeah do... so i'm not a huge fan of these only because they're not that but like they're fine of course they're I, fine I, right okay so i sort of like them but i've i've been very vocal about not celebrating the 1950 era curse <laughs> yeah um the three years or the four the four seasons that they wore those uh jerseys they were awful the in fact, in 1952, they brought their gold jerseys to go play the Rams, who wore gold. And the Rams bitched. And they're like, we're not going to play this game. And then they're like, actually, you know, we are going to play this game. And then they beat the Packers by 18. Like, like, okay. So. It, Can we come to an an ironic appreciation of that era like we do with the Brewers okay, 90s the, jerseys? So yeah, the, like the Mosher Bam jerseys, man. Yeah, so yeah. The, the positive that I will take out of that, there are a lot of. Lombardi era Packers who went on to be great, who started their careers kind of bad. Had a boy and wearing those jerseys. So Had a like, boy. That's a great way to look at yeah. it. Christian Ringo wore that jersey once. Um, uh, oh God, they, they, they had Isn't a Hall it of Fame. Ringo. That's a person. Yeah, it, Christian Ringo is a former Packer. He, he was oh, definitely yeah. not alive to wear that jersey. No, once. he was not alive. In, <laughs> he was not alive in 1983. Uh, yeah, so Jim Ringo wore it and. Uh, when the Packers announced that they were going to do a new throwback, I told the Acme Packing Company Slack, I was like, if I like these throwbacks, I will get an era-appropriate jersey. So, like, I will get a player from that okay. that era, like, who wore that jersey. So you're getting the Christian Ringo. Jim Ringo. God damn it, you saying it. <laughs> no, he's saying you'd pick Christian Ringo. Yes, I'll, I'll, get well. a, I'll get a Christian. But I, I like the number 53. I think it's an attractive number for a lineman. Um, I right. think numbers in the fifties work pretty well on O line, but I'm I'm weird. So like, you know, <laughs> but but uh, let's see. Uh, Tony Canadeo ended his career in that jersey. All right, that's a good choice. Um, but he was really bad at the end of his career. Who cares? Like, like even by fifty, or like yeah. Um, 
Billy Houghton set a bunch of receiving records in that jersey. All right. Again. Like that's good. But that's it's an eighty six and I already have a, a Freeman jersey. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um see who else? <laughs> Bobby Dylan. Bobby Dylan wore that jersey <laughs> for a short. Okay. All time interceptions Nothing. later in franchise right. history. I'm just in, I'm enjoying the speculating on old guys. It's fun. New Hall of Famer, Bobby Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh Tobin wrote. Tobin wrote wore it. That's not a that's not a name that's real. He made it. I lo- oh <laughs> Tobin wrote such a great a great name and a real person. It's a good name. It's a real person. I yeah, promise. It is. I'm I know. sure that's. I, I've okay. looked up Tobin Rote's stats before. It isn't. I know a real person. Tobin right. Rote was really good for the fifties. Yep. Um. But yeah. So I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking Ringo. If I if I do get one. And yeah, I, the jerseys are fine. There's a big conspiracy going on, specifically only with John Meerdink right now. Um, the jerseys have been shown both with TV numbers and without. Okay. So, you know, the the, the numbers. The number on the, on shoulder. the shoulder pad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And and John is like dedicating his life to figuring out what the hell, like because players like like John Kuhn got one that has TV numbers, but the ones in the in the ads don't have TV numbers. Okay. The ones in the pro shop don't. When you design a custom one on the website, it doesn't have TV numbers. But then, like Aaron Nagler has a custom Nagler jersey that has TV numbers. So like, uh-huh. So what the hell? Interesting. Yeah. So this is stuff that no other podcast is talking about. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I, I would, I would hope Sweep is talking about it because that's John's podcast. No. Okay. So one of the <laughs> podcasts. You're right. You're absolutely Fair point. right. My bad. Power sweep. Okay. Oh. John. John has a voice for radio, man. Yep. If you're, if you guys aren't listening to the Power Sweep, you should. It's good. I want, I want TV numbers on my, my jersey. Eric, <laughs> Eric Cummings says, has there ever been a preseason game that's less representative of the team's overall ability than this one? I mean, I'm sure there've been plenty. Yeah. But say, this one was bad. Every, every last preseason game. Yeah. So Zach Wilson also did play time for the Jets in this game. So that was at least representative of the Jets a little bit. Whereas no, yeah. the, there's nothing about the Packers you can learn from this at all. So. Um, it's tied. Fans are pumped about Zach Wilson. They should They're be. Excited. He's real good. If... <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Zach Wilson's a, like very good and uh, was one of, if not the best prospect in this last class. Um, he sure. he uh, had the best uh, QB OPS of any quarterback in the in the class, and he looks just dynamite. So they should be excited. He might be the best quarterback the Jets have ever had since they've never had a good one before. Uh, excuse me. The, what about uh, the guy that they took over? Dan Marino, what the hell was Ken his Ken O'Brien, name? yeah, Ken O'Brien was pretty good. He's a pro bowler. He's fine, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's kind of like Joe Namath. He's you know, he's fine. I mean, Joe Namath was bad. Like even for his era, yeah. he was bad. He was struggling. He was struggling. Doctor Hillbilly says, "Just how many rookies will start on the O line?" We talked about that earlier. Yeah, love Doctor Hillbilly. If the, if the over under is one and a half, I'm taking two. I think it'll be I'm two. taking the under. Oh, I, I don't think I don't think Royce is going to start. I think it's gonna okay. Be, so continuity's sake. We here at Reporting is Eligible are officially setting the rookie starting on the O line in Week One as one and a half. Two of us are taking the over. Yep. Um, contact Matt on Twitter with your um, selection of that over yeah. under. Hit me up at Call Me Matub on Twitter. Um, I mean, I could even see them go with like I, I could see. I know. I, I, th- I think it's going to be Lucas Patrick. <laughs> I was trying to talk myself into maybe Dennis Kelly gets healthy or or Ben Britton now. It's it's, it's right, Lucas right. Patrick. Or it's Royce. I mean, it, if it's not Lucas, it's Royce. So, 
That's my thought. That's what it comes down to. All right, Danny Noonan. Oh, goodness. Patreon member Danny Noonan. (laughs) In past seasons, the Packers have periodically worn uniforms, clearly designed to look like the costume of Dr. Fate. Do any other NFL teams have B-grade DC character alternates? And should they? Why are the Packers replacing those with old uniforms from when the team was bad? (laughs) Similar similar to the conversation we had. So, on board with Matt here. Um, So... The, the the problem is that Dr. Fate's costume is stupid, and that's why. Um, and, and, you know, it, the light bulb helmets, not good. Uh, the best ones were when they had the faux le- leather, like hard helmets. Those were cool. I, mm-hmm. Those were fire. I like those a lot. Donald Driver looked phenomenal in those. But uh, but it's just because it looks ridiculous. So And if Dr. Uh, Fate is Dr. Strange in DC, for those who don't know. I, I, do, I do have an answer for the first part of his question. Though. Okay, what's that? The Kelly Green Eagles are a knockoff of the Green Lantern. Oh, there you go. Ta-da. Is that a B-list DC character? No, he's in... There are literally a thousand Green Lanterns, so pick one. And one of them is B-list. There's a guy, Grady Goggins or something? Kyle Rayner is probably the most B-list Green Lantern. We'll go with that. There you go. Yeah. I'm going to go with B-list DC character Blue Beetle. Who has a okay. Blue a, Beetle played a huge part in Infinite Crisis, man. I don't I don't know what the Blue Beetle I don't know sucks. what the fuck that is. JR's right. I don't know what the fuck that is. Blue Beetle's whole like thing looks kind of like a the best version of a Jacksonville Jaguars uniform. So that's kind of where I'm coming nah, from there. He's got I a like few the, costumes like, that are teal, he's got a few that are teal. like old timey lions as well. The old timey lions is very Blue Beetle. Oh uh I don't know what Booster the fuck Gold. that is either. Booster Gold could be the Broncos. All right. Yeah, all yeah. Right. All right. Isn't that a lot of gold though? Like just yeah. a lot of gold. I guess or maybe Aquaman would be the Broncos. Yeah. But a lot of mm. orange. Aquaman. Like not a B-list. If Jason Momoa played football, Aquaman it was absolutely a B-list. Aquaman sucks. <laughs> hey guys, we're fighting in the middle of a city. Let me just go hang out in the ocean for a little while. Now, <laughs> he's got a blockbuster movie though, so he does. he's off the B-list. Namor is B-list, but I think Aquaman is actually probably all, all cracking DC the A-list. movies are B-list. Uh, name a name a good DC movie. Well, okay. Um, yeah, like the, gotcha. the Nolan's Batman are okay. They're fine. That's okay. That's but that's not like DC Cinematic Universe. It's just Batman. Well, you just asked. Uh, you just asked DC. You didn't specify. Yeah, fair enough. You didn't. Name, you didn't okay. say the Snyderverse. That's a different thing. Yes. The Snyderverse blows. Yeah, it does. It's t- just terrible. <laughs> All right, Twitter questions. Suicide Squad's pretty good. Not the new one, the first one. I thought the uh, new one. I have not seen the new one, but I heard good things. Actually, no, no. I, I'm sorry. I'm confused. Suicide Squad, not good. Not good. I like Joel Kinnaman in all things, but um, uh, what's Birds of Prey? That oh, movie yeah. was that movie was good. Okay. I don't know. I, I, and I actually know heard the I heard the new Suicide Squad's not bad. Yeah, I like James Gunn okay. gross out movies, and that is what that is. So okay. I, I've not seen yeah. it. This is not a recommend, but I've heard it's pretty good. Oh, dude at the Brewer game getting shown in a Motra Bame uh, t-shirt oh, right sweet. now. Oh, sweet complete the circle here love that okay this uh, next question is my favorite archon 14 our guy name a specific available punter you would sign to replace jk scott do some research cowards my answer is jake shum sign jake shum right now (laughs) jake shum off the street would be a better punter than jk scott at this point it's nepotism with your love for jake shum like he's basically one of your like oh no i i personally think the dude is a nut bar like but i think he's a good punter he's better punter than jk scott all right. So I did research for real, some of this. unlike Matt. I, I also did. You'll be oh, shocked. Jared, do you want to go, go first? first? No. Uh, okay. Sure. I'll go first. I'll go first because your answers are going to be actually good. Okay. I have I have three names for you. All right. Okay. All right. I know he's been out for a little while, but Thomas Morstead is still young enough. Uh, former Saints stand-up punter. Okay. I he's he's my least favorite of the three options. Okay. 
Uh, my set, number two option is Max Duffy. He was the best kicker in college football for Kentucky in 2019. He got to try with Denver. He's already 28 years old, Australian rules football player. He's super old, but he's available. He's out there right now. Go get him. Next up. Australian punters, though. My number one option right now, Corey Bajorque. Oh! Oh, my God. Corey Bajorque and Johnny Hecker are in the same camp with the Rams. One of them is not going to be the punter for the Los Angeles Rams. Hecker has COVID. Yeah, he does. But still, still, they're gonna. He'll be back though. You're right. Hecker so is, is gonna be available. So, so for JR, some reason. you landed on the same yes. one I came up with, which is yes! Corey Bayarquez is legitimately good. He uh, is good. He will be cut when Johnny Hecker is back. He punted in Buffalo for three years before this. He has a huge leg. He has uh, longs in the 70s for the last couple of years. Um, he was a good directional and big leg punter last year. He averaged 50.8 yards per punt last year and led the league in that statistic. Um, he was not great in 2019, but he was coming off of a somewhat serious shoulder injury from 2018 when he was good. And he had a few just a uh, few really rough games that killed his average 2019. That guy is legit good, and the Packers should absolutely sign him when he gets cut. And he was cut primarily because of contract stuff. Like, he it just didn't make sense for the bills to commit to him what he was going to make. So like, it's not a situation where eh, he sucked and they got somebody better. Well, like they may have gotten someone better, but like he's they also did not good. get someone better, which is the weird thing about it. They got um, Mark Matt Hawk, Hack. Matt, Matt, whatever, Matt hack. The, well, actually the I might dolphins, be, former I might punter. <laughs> Trust me. I heard these names for the first time in my life very much earlier today. Although I do remember Bajorquez from last year, the guy yeah. who's number one on a lot of charts. So, so Matt Hawk is how you pronounce it. I actually looked up the okay. pronunciation for no good reason. <laughs> Um, I think it was on his Wikipedia page. But he's not as good as Corey Boyorquez, who I'm not pronouncing that right at all. Um, No. We've said it four ways. Everyone knows who we're talking about. Yes. But, yes, they should land it. And, by the way, if anybody's wondering about Marquette King, we had a couple people chime in with him because he is still fourth, I think, fourth all-time in NFL uh, yards per punt average. Um, He is out of the league for a lot of reasons, um, all of them off the field. So, um, yeah. well, well, one also, on, one on the field, one one on the field, and a bunch off the field. Um, uh, I guess two on the one of the, okay, the one of the ones on the field. He called so a. I've, you want to do the fake punt that, that he called? Yeah, I was gonna say he called a fake punt without telling anyone. And the reports around the league are that he's generally uncoachable. He is uncoachable. The other on the field, off the field one is he got into a fight with oh shoot, a Raider receiver on his own team whose name Michael Crabtree with Michael Crabtree. He's um, Akib Talib stole Michael Crabtree's necklace during a play, and Marquette King in the offseason was filmed with the Broncos, the rival Broncos, reenacting that event that Michael Crabtree did not like with the Broncos. And a bunch of the Bronco, a bunch of the Raider, his Raiders teammates yelled at him online um, and uh, for being a bad teammate, and he doubled down on it and was just like, you guys are, are losers, leave me alone. And um, then John Gruden came in and didn't like anybody who was not above board and cut Marquette King and um, went to Denver where they tried to change his mechanics. Uh, did not work out. Ended up getting hurt and he's been out of the league ever since. And since he is a bit of a malcontent, he has not caught on anywhere else. Malcontent. Well, he is. You know, he, he's uh, very much his own guy and very much a big personality. And when you're a punter, you can't really do that because you're a punter. He does lead the league in swag per punt. He's, he does. I, I, I well. wish he, I wish Marquette King was in the league because the league could use more swag. And I don't have. I mean, it's so, not good to be a bad teammate, but he's fun. Also, like we can joke about my my Jake Shum answer. However, 
Uh, I just finished reading a book called A Few Seconds of Panic, uh, written by Stefan Fatsis. That's a good book. I've read that book. Yes. And realizing how important holding mechanics are. And Jake Shum already knows how to hold for Crosby. Mm. So it would be a, a seamless. I, I can get down with it. Yeah. I can be talked into this definitely. I mean, Shum was the holder in the the Crosby knuckleball kick against Dallas. <laughs> all right, all right, fair enough. Arthana, right, I hope that was enough for you. On the list. Yeah, we did our research. There it is. Hey, let's go to uh, another of the best questions we've ever been asked by Easy Narc. <laughs> Assume you have never heard of Aaron Rodgers or Jay Cutler before, and all you had was a picture of Cutler and a picture of Rodgers today. Which one would you rather want to punch in the mouth? Oh, I would deck Rodgers instantly. De- I mean, it's obviously Rodgers, and it, it's not oh, really... Oh, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Aaron Rodgers currently looks like someone who cuts grass at a senior living facility. So, uh, when I see a picture of Jay Cutler, I don't want to punch him. I want to like give the, the poor guy a big hug. He just looks so sad. No, I uh, want to give him a cigarette. <laughs> I, I think Aaron Rodgers looks looks if you if you subtract all the baggage looks like some dude who, you know maybe just recently found some religion or Jesus or something. He looks like Jesus a guy who's leading a pyramid scheme on TikTok. That's what he looks like. No, I don't see that at all. I just see some like hippie who like got lost in the woods and you know stayed there for a few days. You know, Jake Cutler looks like the golden boy who's just sad. I I, I don't know. It's it's hard to remove the baggage. You know, Aaron, it's very difficult. Uh, uh, Jay Cutler is Richie Tenenbaum, and and Aaron Rodgers is Eli Cash, and and that's you'd rather wow. punch Eli Cash in the face, so that's it. Oh, that's fantastic! Good, good I don't question. Get that reference, I apologize. It's, <laughs> it's from the Royal Tenenbaums. You should go watch it later. It's a good movie. The Brewers, by the way, do in fact have the lead. They have rallied for four runs in this inning. The podcast and the is course magic. Of our podcast. Yeah. Okay, this so is, this has been great. When when the Royal Tenenbaums came out, I was twelve and not like uh like a pretentious enough to watch Wes Anderson films yet. That's fine. You, you should watch it now. Pretentious you, you definitely <laughs> pretentious are. Enough. And that's, that's probably I mean, people very widely on Wes Anderson, but I think that's the best Wes Anderson movie. You know, it's funny. It's we certainly say the most that I'm pretentious, but then earlier today I was rewriting Harry Potter as if Sean Connery was Dumbledore. Oh, that's amazing. I don't do Harry Potter, but I would do it if Sean Connery were Dumbledore. <laughs> I just basically used lines from the rock. <laughs> yeah, they just fit yeah. seamlessly right in there. It's... You're bashed. <laughs> Losers, Harry Potter, always complain about their best. Uh, I, wow, that was the worst. Well, I can do a Scottish accent. That one. That one. Here's the thing: I can uh, say two words, and everyone knows exactly what I'm saying. I just yeah, say you're, you're bashed, and everyone's like, "Yeah, that's Sean that's Connery." Connery. Yep, that's true. It's like when someone says, "It's Ben," and that's it. You know, <laughs> the whole song is playing through your head. That's it. Yeah. All right, China. Jay Google, who somehow was not the first question that we got. We we got to move Jay Google up to the Helen Thomas spot, don't we? Uh, I suppose is that we just do. purely reserved for the baseball tailgate for the tailgate. No, can he can we can make Jay Jay Google up there too. That's totally fine. How can an organization with a great deal of success be so incompetent in one of the three phases of the game? Special teams has been an absolute dumpster fire for a while. What was worse, Ryan Braun playing third base or Packers special teams in the past 15 years? Also a very good question that I spent way too much time thinking about. I think the answer to this is something that can be mostly put on Ted Thompson. Um, I think when you do his style of draft and develop and you fill in the rest of the roster with primarily UDFAs, you, you do punt on some of the older veteran guys who will wind up on special teams. And 
Um, you rely on so many starters who are rookies and draft picks that you don't have the usual high draft pick fodder to throw in there. Like if you don't have a good free agent playing cornerback, you often will have like Ted Thompson drafted rookie cornerbacks like five years in a row. Those guys are starting, so there's not that development time where you have super good athletes playing gunner and blocker. Um, you have loser guys who are barely on the roster playing gunner and blocker. And I think that's what led to a lot of their problems on special teams. And they clearly don't care about returning. Like they had Trevor Davis, they gave it a shot. But after that, it was just was, you know, they didn't go ever get a specialist for a return. And that's, that's it. They had 48 year old Tremont Williams returning. They, they did. And it's an old, it's an old tradition. I mean, Mike, Mike Pryor used to return punts for the Packers in the Favre days. And again, not what you want. It's such a weird thing because you've got such specialization uh, in many different sports. Certainly, uh, certainly in baseball, basketball to a lesser degree at the NBA level. But in general, you've got guys who do one or two things well. Uh, you know, in football, you're asked, you know, you're a safety or you're a linebacker or you're a, you know, even a third string offensive lineman. And you're asked to play special teams. It's such a unique situation. And I, I can understand why a team is going to struggle because why would you put, why would you emphasize resources wise yep. something that just isn't going to come up as often? It's just not as important. It is they're, not as important. So they're the kings of proving sabermetrics wrong. Like, oh, inside linebackers don't matter. Here's Devin White crushing Aaron Jones in the NFC Championship yes. right. game. Like, and it's special teams, not as important. Well, here's you like losing games. Based well, on here's. Their- Here's the Chargers putting together one exactly. of the best teams of all time and then losing because of special because teams. Of special teams. Yeah. You just You're can't be right. You can't be incompetent at anything. You just can't. It, it doesn't so, work. Because apparently I'm obsessed with uh, books about the mid-2000s Broncos, I highly recommend every single person go out and get a copy of Slow Getting Up by Nate Jackson. Um, okay. it's, the subtitle is Life at the Bottom of a Pile. Uh, Nate Jackson <laughs> was a roster bubble, roster bubble tight end. Um, and then, uh, Jay Cutler got him killed. Uh, he threw him a murder ball over the middle against the <laughs> Browns and he got a really bad neck injury. Yeah. And then the next week he, he like tore his hamstring. Um, wow. so, uh, Nate Jackson, he's, his book is awesome. He's very funny. Back when he played for the Broncos, he used to do a weekly like blog post, like about life in the NFL. And like, that's kind of what sparked his book, but he talks about like, I was a superstar at my college at wide receiver. I get to the NFL. They forced me to move to tight end and forced me to play special teams. And I'd never played it before. And so yeah. you get a good like feel for like what these guys have to go through because yeah, that's the thing is like every person on special teams was at one point, the superstar yep. who didn't play special teams. Right. Like, yeah. It's like the, the bunting thing in baseball, these guys don't bunt in the minors. Why are they going to, they wouldn't do it in the majors, but in the NFL, you're asked to do something you haven't done before. It is actually to, to bring it back to the question, kind of a similar analogy to, to Ryan Braun stashing a, a loser defender at a spot where you figure you're only going to get four or five opportunities a game max. But if one of those opportunities goes wrong, yep. you're screwed. And that's how it is with special teams. You can hold it together most of the time but one of those plays goes wrong somebody returns at 60 yards or you fumble a kickoff or whatever it is you're screwed it will absolutely ruin you i do love putting uh jamal williams back at kick returner because he's never fumbled goodness (laughs) oh it's so bad they're just like he won't drop the ball yeah fair enough sorry jonathan jonathan deal asks what uh what would you do with robert tunyon can he really cash in a max payday on two years of production? He seems to be the perfect guy for LaFleur's offense, and everyone else in the tight end room is unproven or a sixth offensive lineman. I think you extend him right this minute. Mm-hmm. 
I agree with that. I don't think he'll get much on the open market. Not not what you think he will. Um, yeah, Tanyan's weird. I actually just wrote about him. Um, a post that'll be going up tomorrow. Uh, he is entirely his his catch percentage in terms of his production, and it's ridiculous. It is absolutely insane how good he is at catching the ball. He has one drop in his career, and if you exclude running backs um, from consideration, just tight ends and wide receivers last year, he was nine percentage points better at catch percentage than the next person on the list. I think it was Curtis Samuel, um, it, which is the same difference between Curtis Samuel and the 33rd person on that list for catch percentage. Oh, my God. So um, Robert Tiny literally catches everything, and um, he's kind of the he's the schemed guy. Like da- Devonte Adams is there to do all the hard work to to catch balls off the line and beat guys off the line and get double teamed. And everybody else is open because of trickeration or just because of easy matchups created by Adams. No one more than Tanyan. And all Tanyan has to do is just always catch the ball, and he does. So he is literally the perfect tight end for Lafleur's system. And if he ever has a less good quarterback or is less open he probably won't be nearly as good. He didn't catch that many balls last year. He, he caught 52, I think, out of 59 targets or something crazy like that. Um, so it, it, there's a lot going on there. That's his efficiency. If it drops at all, he's not that good. He was one of the worst in the league at Yak. He, I believe, was the second worst after Austin Hooper uh, at generating well, that's Yak. That's because like 20% of his balls were touchdowns. Uh, on a per-play basis, though, he didn't generate Yak. Uh, okay. Yeah, and, and that's with the expected yak calculation going in there for next gen stats. So okay, all I was gonna say because for, yeah, isn't it like he did like have eleven like, touchdowns, but um, yeah, like one in five catches was a touchdown. Just discounting touch, uh, the expected yak on the touchdown is zero, and so you don't lose any yak for uh, for that particular pass. And he had negative one point three yards. So he's yak per play. he's Richard Rogers. Uh, yes, uh, he, he, he catches was, everything and he gets no yak. He gets that's... no yak. So he is he is one specific skill that he's good at, and it plays very well in this offense. It would play well in San Francisco probably, um, and maybe uh, with Andy Reid. But you know, um, he's not going to go like play for some garbage team with a bad quarterback and be productive at all. It's just not going to happen. So they should sign him up at and get a team friendly deal on him because he's very useful, but mostly only to them. Mike Bischoff asks: Is is the bizarre world version of Kurt Benkert named? Ben Kurt Ben. <laughs> yes. It's the rare three first names. I would you can't like, trust someone with two first names. I would like Kurt Ben Kurt to be introduced to Ben Curtis, the golfer, just for the conversation to go Kurt Ben Kurt, Ben Curtis, Ben, ben Curtis, Kurt <laughs> Ben Kurt. Um, that's all I want. So Doctor? Doctor? Doctor. <laughs> Doctor? That's good. Scott Hartle asks Packers used to get Pro Bowl interior offensive linemen in the mid to late rounds. Recently, they've used second round picks. Should interior linemen be drafted early? Why did Green Bay change strategy? LaFleur's offense, other teams drafting them earlier. So can I can I just point out that I, I think that might be a little bit of a misconception only because there, there aren't a lot. I mean, the, yes, they drafted Josh Myers with the second round pick. They drafted Elton Jenkins with the second round pick. And I also think when we picture the great interior lineman in Packers history, like there's the Sitton Lang Wells run where, yeah, all those guys were lower round picks. They also were drafted as depth pieces. Like they weren't, they never, they weren't designed to be starters right away. And they didn't, they didn't start right away. I don't think any of them started the first year. I'm not sure any of them started their second year. One of them might've. And then, you know, before that you got Marco Rivera, Mike wall, which point taken, those guys were yep. late round picks or whatever, but like there aren't truly that many interior linemen that get drafted at all. A lot of these guys sitting included, they're drafted as tackles anyway. Right. And they just, they get moved to guard or even center out of necessity. So, um, I'm not sure we're really well, seeing a shift or a trend necessarily. 
specifically Ted always drafted left tackles. Ted loved drafting left tackles. That was his thing. Sure. I, also I, would, I think, like that too. They're very good football players. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's a little bit of an overstatement too, because for one thing, Elton Jenkins can apparently play anywhere. So um, I don't think it's necessarily fair to consider him exclusively an interior lineman, even though he has played there the vast majority yeah. of his Packer career. It's pretty clear he can swing out to tackle. And when you get a guy with that versatility, he's extra valuable, especially if, you know, Bakhtiari gets hurt and there's not a good backup there. Um, or if the center happens to get hurt, if Lindsley gets close, whatever. Um, he could play anywhere. Was he drafted as a center, Elton Jenkins? I think he was a guard. I, I think he okay, was okay. listed. Yeah, I think as he was drafted as guard. Yeah. But they, they clearly saw more than was. I, one of the things I think they do is they grade everybody just as. A tackle and it's like are you this level tackle or are you a, a are you a b tackle which is a guard or you know a, i guess that's a c tackle yeah. a, a center would be a b tackle and i think um they do value centers more than guards and i think that's why myers goes as well he uh elton jenkins was drafted as a center he was oh okay mm-hmm. crazy so I, I i do want to point out one thing besides the loss of ted thompson something else changed around the time that that this draft quote unquote strategy changed the loss of James Campen. How many of those, how many of those uh, interior late round picks were, were developed Developed. under the tutelage of James Uh, Campen. That's literally all of them. Also a really good point. Yeah. And then in 2018 was the last year of Campen's uh, time in green Bay. And he went on to Cleveland and that's when they started drafting more pro ready linemen. Also true. Um, And it's easy to forget that, I, I was just pointing out, it's easy to forget that Bakhtiari, who did start right away, I mean, he wasn't going to be a starter. Brian Bulaga got hurt, you know, and yeah. that's like one of the greatest draft successes in Packers history. It's it's honestly, it might be bigger than the Aaron Rodgers draft pick, depending on how you think about it, as the greatest of the 2000s. Also, as pointed out in the NFL Top 100, David Bakhtiari has weird mechanics. <laughs> like his his kick step out of his out of his stance is weird, and it's yeah. wide, and, it, and it's... Um, uncontrolled i guess is kind of and, and it works for him yep i'll never understand how a second team all conference kid in the pack 12 became the best it's crazy lineman also that crazy. that buffs team was awful yep. yeah like, really, well that's why he was second team because like what? well we're not awarding that team great scouting but, job uh, though one of the best also yeah. the, the packers yeah. still go to that well late even i think it's more that They'll go early for high upside, but they still get plenty of people late in the draft on the offensive yeah. line. And um, those guys also, you know, work out once in a while still to this day. So we'll see what yeah. John Runyon becomes. Maybe nothing, maybe something. Okay. Or Cole Van or Lannan, Cole since Van he's Lannan. literally John Runyon. Yep. Yeah. All right. Next question. Uh, let's see. If Boyle gets cut by the Lions, are the Packers less likely to keep Banker? Boyle kind of sucking his way out of a backup role so far in Detroit. No way. Uh, Tim Boyle's bad, and I think everybody knows Tim Boyle's bad. Um, Benkert will be the third quarterback if they keep one. I don't think they will, but if they do, that's what will happen. So Tim Boyle's not coming back. He is not an NFL quarterback. Anybody disagree with that? I'm sorry. I'm I'm infatuated with whatever JR is doing right now. Not everybody, he... just just a little little something going on off the side. Here, no here I am trying to set up Matt to talk talks. over whatever Jr. is doing, and then he just busts out, <laughs> breaks the fourth wall, and yeah, Tim Boyle sucks. Tim Boyle is awful. Um, I mean, we all, we knew he was bad. Yep. And like like 
so <laughs> I was trying to explain. I, I'm friends with a lot of Lions fans because I'm from Michigan. And I was trying to explain the Tim Boyle laser show meme. And, and how ironic it is and not real? Yes. Okay. How it's a, well, it, The Tim Boyle laser show kind of started just because the dude's got a rocket. Yeah, on. it's like watching a long drive golfer play. You know, he's not yes. a good golfer. He just can hit a ball really far. That's it. That, that's a fucking phenomenal. <laughs> like, I'm impressed with that analogy. Well, <laughs> it's an easy one. It's but not. Yeah, a, and, and, and so the Tim Boyle laser show, like, and so, like, my friend Kelly, uh, she's actually a reporter in Detroit. She was like, can you guys explain the Tim Boyle love? And I just said, Tim Boyle laser show. And she's like, no, but like, seriously. And then her mentions were just filled with people saying Tim Boyle laser, <laughs> laser show. show. <laughs> All right. That's enough of the Tim Boyle right. laser show. We got two more. Let's get this puppy done. Tim Braun asks, does the cornerback from the Giants, Isaac Yadam, make the team? What does he bring? Should uh, he be valuable? He, he can actually tackle. He can tackle. That's it. <laughs> He's not good, but he can tackle, and they don't have anybody oh, else. And, and there, there is footage of him properly covering Scotty Miller. <laughs> he once covered Scotty Miller. <laughs> so he's got that on Kevin King. Uh, he's probably So gonna make... if Scotty Miller plays special teams this year, he'll get matched up with Isaac Yadam. He will. Uh, he's probably going to make the team because he can tackle, and that's it. So... Um, he's not good. He's not going to take over the position uh, opposite Jair, I don't think. Um, but he's he's got his uses, so he'll make it. All right, and Big Rig closes us down with the last question. What will J.K. Scott's next career look like? I don't like like Tim Boyle Laser Show, but for legs, I don't know. No, uh, J.K. Scott. <laughs> J.K. Scott will play a sophomore on a Degrassi reboot. Oh, that's a really good call. <laughs> definitely, definitely on TV. Oh, yeah. He's tall. You know, he's 12 years he, old. So, I like it. It's so good. this show that I'm really excited about on HBO is going to do the Showtime Lakers, the story of the Showtime Lakers. And Bo Burnham, who is another guy I really like, a comedian uh, that I think is pretty famous. I think most people have heard of him by now. Uh, he was going to play Larry Bird. Yeah, he was. He's out yeah, now. And they is. replaced him. But like J.K. Scott could do that, you know, six six, so he's tall. He's got some if bird. He's got in any him. acting chops at all? A little bit of bird in the face, like it's a stretch, but it could be done. I just, um, I mean, he could definitely be my colleague Kurt Hogue, who is the exact same height and has the same face. They could definitely impersonate <laughs> each other. Wait, Kurt's would, actually six six. Oh my goodness, he's Kurt is so tall. Tall drink of water, yeah. yeah. Um. He, I, I do think they could impersonate each other. Ultimately, I do think it's got to be an acting of some variety. Little concerned about the SEC. You know, the SEC's got a bad rep potentially, but like, I don't know what kind of degree Alabama will get you if, if there's a lot of acting actors that come out of Alabama. But this is this is what I think is look, man. Because he went to Alabama, there's a ton of pictures of J.K. Scott literally looking like Ryan Gosling in Remember the Titans. That's like, a really good point. Yep. He could play a high school football player tomorrow. Yeah, good point. All right. I think also, we're people forget Ryan Gosling was the slow white guy in Remember the Titans. He hadn't quite uh, spread his wings yet to uh, to the career that it would become. <laughs> the guy who took himself out of the game. Like, that's the PSA. Like, <laughs> coach, I touched it. I touched it, except in movie form. Like, I can't totally. keep up with him. You've got to put in the other actor. I mean, the other player. But I really messed <laughs> it up. Petey. It was Petey, man. Petey, yeah. The guy was converted from offense. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, I remember the Titans good movie. We were watching yep. it during the storm that took down my tree in my front yard. Uh, that was what we were watching. And somehow we never lost power. So we were able to finish it. Good times. Sad movie. I think we're done. <laughs> I think we're done. Any any plugs, JR? 
Anything you got? You know, not really. I mean, <laughs> I've already mentioned the Brewers 50,000 times during this podcast. That's what the big thing is that we're all paying attention to. So I've got my magic number update every night, checking in with this team and how close they are to a playoff spot. Um, that's about it. No, no special projects lately. I've been, uh, I've been, I've been chilling. I'm keeping a low profile for nice. the most part. All right, Matt, how about you? Uh, as always, hit up Appleton Coffee Company, buy some of our swag, use code RAE at checkout. Um, the Packerland breakfast plan is on sale all season because one time Steve had a couple, two, three cocktails at a Packer game and said, screw it on sale all year. <laughs> like, <laughs> so there we go. All right. Um, sounds good. I have a post going up tomorrow at Acme Packing Company on um, the various re- regressions to the mean we might see out of the Packer receivers, starting with Bob Tanyan and his insane catch rate. And what happens if it drops to certain amounts? Because he only had about 600 yards last year, and if uh, that starts to go downhill at all, his numbers start to look much more pedestrian than they otherwise would. So, And if you're playing along at home with the RAE drinking game, Paul just said regression to the mean, so you have to finish your drink. <laughs> I believe he also said Tunyon, which is a new one. Did I? That was an accident. You did. I think for the, so. You said Tunyon everybody. the whole podcast and then ended with a Tunyon. With a Tunyon? Okay. Um, you're slipping fine. slipping into the uh, the masses here <laughs> all right oh and and before we go andy chef yeah i already said andy chef we did, did not check that box twice yeah right. i did because you said that uh jeff janice was becoming your andy chef i got one more thing um I, i'm gonna do the same deal i do on the baseball podcast if you go to apple podcasts and give us a five-star review and only a five-star review i will read whatever you put in the comments the five-star <laughs> review which I do every week on the baseball podcast. So I'm literally if, logging into iTunes right now. If you if you read <laughs> if you leave anything other than a five star review, you will get ignored, and we will not pay any attention to you. But if you do that, uh, it, it, do it. It helps us move up the charts. It helps more people listen to us, and uh, it's a good way to get your point across. If you don't give us Patreon money, so there you go. Do that. Uh, anyway, we'll be back uh, the week after uh, to actually preview real football because the preseason is mercifully coming to an end very soon. Um, hopefully everybody makes it through unscathed at Buffalo and uh, we will be back next week.